Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting week of the X Factor Racing. I'm Nancy, joined by my lovely friends, Carson and Mary. How are you, ladies? Wonderful. How are you? Good. Doing great. Um, struggling with the time difference with uh, races happening late at night here with Canterbury and Assiniboine, and then starting early the next morning with Royal Ascot. So sleep schedule yeah. is a little impaired. Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a fun week of uh, racing. So, well, let's get right into it. We had a really awesome Belmont weekend. Uh, Miss Mary had the awesome opportunity to actually be there. So you'll have to tell us a little bit about that and your experience there. Yeah, this is actually my first Triple Crown race. This is my first Belmont and Triple Crown race, I guess. And it was a lot of fun. You know, I wasn't sweltering in heat, which I thought I would be in, in June in New York City, but it was a wonderful day, some rain here and there. And, you know, the track is beautiful as is. The biggest, the biggest downside of the day was Echo Zulu not running, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that she's okay. I just, I'm sitting there and they said, you know, we have a late scratch in this race. And I'm like, here's like a 20% shot um, that it's going to be her. Cause it was only like a five horse race and, uh, and it ended up being her being stretched. So hoping she's okay. But, um, other than that, racing was wonderful. You know, flight line was incredible. Jack Christopher, who I honestly thought could have been the Derby winner if he didn't get injured before a breeder's cup. He's just incredible. <laughs> um, and Mo Donegal came in. So I, yeah. uh, I drilled on that and won. So yeah, that was, uh, it was really exciting to watch. And um, my pick five did not go well off the gate at starting with Ogden Phipps. Um, so that was a little, it was kind of a bummer. I had Latruska is just singled and then <laughs> didn't happen. But um, I wanted to ask y'all, what did you think of that, that race with um, Clarier? Personally, I drilled on Malathot. I oh interesting. I wasn't. I wasn't. I love Latrusta. I think she's a beautiful horse. I just didn't think she had it in her to win that. And there was a ton of people around me who were just in shock that she lost. And you know, the last race that she was in, it was a pretty competitive race. And I think that whole distaff division going into Breeders' Cup this year is going to be incredible. Yeah, I think there were as many people shocked that Latruska lost this time as were when Monomoy lost to Latruska in that big showdown. Um, so a lot of busted tickets and broken hearts. But, you know, she's um, proved herself. I was happy that Fausto continued racing, you know, our owners and uh, decided to keep racing her. Um, I don't think that there's any shame in not winning. Um, it's a tough course. It's a tough track. And she is uh, going up against, um, you know, maturing competition that's still younger than her, so. Right, right, right. There's, um, there's going to be some serious competition uh, going into everything this year, Breeders' yeah. Cup and beyond. So I'll be definitely looking out for that. I think, mm -hmm. I think the funniest, the funniest part of the Belmont States is, 
my mother and I were on the Long Island Railroad train out there and we're talking to a couple that was sitting next to us and uh, they were they were trying to tell me that they're like oh like Rich Strike is definitely gonna win this and I just couldn't see it and I'm, I'm saying like you're not gonna get a pace like the pace there isn't as much pace in this race as there was in the Derby you're not gonna have another summer's tomorrow running like a 21 in the first quarter like that's not going to happen this race and I was like just that alone doesn't set this up for rich strike in my opinion going a mile and a half um but it was just funny so funny how many people bet on rich strike and it, it baffles the mind it really does that was you know, it was really funny. So I, I was a team creative minister, a um, little bit outside of probably most thoughts, but it was interesting that even when I was looking through, I didn't really think Rich Strike had the chance, which was really odd, right? You would think he won the Derby. He skipped the Preakness um, with the idea that he'll come back to the stakes and win it. But I just, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling like, that opportunity was there. It was just, I don't know. Um, but strategically it made sense, right? Skip the preakness to be prepped up for, um, for the stakes, but I just didn't see it. I think there was just really, really good competition there and great choice, Mary, cause you picked Mo Donegal. I did. So I, I was happy for Irad. He was definitely emotional at the end of the race and, I think Irad is a perfect segue to um, something. I know Carson has been like doing wonderful and, and everything with Royal Ascot, and she's been really on top of that stuff. So Carson, if you want to speak on Royal Ascot and, and Irad going out there against all the all the tough competition. Yeah. Um, well, one thing before we leave the uh, Belmont topic is uh, the um, Modonegal team um, and the breeders are now of Donegal Racing gifting a stallion season to any jockey that wins a grade one. Um, so for that stallion, so from when Mo Donegal retires from racing, Irad will be um, given the stallion season on Mo Donegal, which, um, you know, incentivizes things to keep the game going and keep them interested. And um, I guess to further assuage these um, accusations, if you will, of them, you know, throwing a race or what have you and all the, the mutterings that, that happen on HRT. So I thought that was, uh, you know, it's been going on in California for a while, um, but it's the first time I've seen a big East Coast and especially a Triple Crown race um, be done that way, which is very cool and obviously very flattering to IRAD. Um, and then uh, he has not had a great week so far <laughs> this week um, at Ascot. He's a... Uh, I think heavily favored in the first two races with Wesley Ward's horses. Um, one being Love Reigns um, owned by Stone Street. I think that she had a stellar debut at Keeneland and I thought a lot of people were in her camp and thought she would win going away. Um, but as we all know, riding and turf riding, especially over there, is just very different. Um, it's a very different style. It's not the one dimensional speed and the first fastest furlong wins uh, like it is here. So I think it's a good learning experience for him. It's obviously a very high honor to ride at Royal Ascot and Ward put a lot of confidence in him to give him all his mounts for the meet. 
Um, so I think that um, it's it's been uh, interesting and a very sharp learning curve for him. <laughs> uh, I know that everybody was uh, reading up today or earlier this week rather um, about his suspension uh, from the ride um, that he had where he drifted out and how they, uh, they being the, uh, American betters, uh, felt it was, uh, rather harsh suspension for not a lot of action. Um, and it just goes to show you how consistent they are over there with implementing, um, and assigning penalties for untoward riding and conduct that, uh, usually gets, uh, overlooked or, um, I guess not, uh, outlined over here as much. So. Right. Right. And that'll, right. that'll affect him for a good amount of time. No, or five days, five days. Okay. Five days. Nice. I, I sense Carson, did you see that race earlier today? Um, today being on Thursday, the 16th of the the jockey that herded in i can't i can't remember the name of the horse i think it was the first race of today it was a long uh, jockey. Yeah. yeah it was the riddler um and they uh assigned him 10 days uh, but they let the uh results of the race stand um so i don't think people were disagreeing with the suspension or the length thereof uh, i think a lot of people were upset that the results of the race stood but the stewards inquiry um and statement has been released and they felt that the outcome of the race was not affected by uh the time point in the race when it when it happened so i will say irad's race that he was suspended for for the five days out there didn't look bad to me when I watched the replay. It didn't look as bad to me as other things. And maybe maybe this is just like my mind being very comparative of things that he's done here in this country. Because the situation in the winter was awful. I mean, he was if Omar Moreno, Moreno was uh, any closer to the rail in his billet aqueduct, I mean, that wouldn't have been good. Um, so from what I saw, it seemed like it was so early on in the race and there wasn't as much going on. So like you said, they don't take that crap out there. I know. I feel like um, I, I enjoy the turf racing so much. And uh, that was probably my favorite part of Belmont day last week was Casa Creed and Regal Glories went on the turf. And so Ascot's a, a treat for me to get to see so many turf races and uh, you know high quality horses come in from all over the world um so it's nice to see um that they regulate things so well and enforce things um and seem to issue penalties if they're necessary uh you know fairly and and rather consistently so uh it's a good look for racing if you will <laughs> yes definitely um, I think another big uh, drama point of the week was Golden Pal missing the break. <clears throat> and of course, that's what he's known for. Um, it's just a fast break from the gate. And uh, there was some distraction and some commotion in the gate with another horse, um, Kadim, actually sitting down in the gate and losing his rider. Um, so 
it was not a great start to the week for the, the Team USA, <laughs> uh, but I think Golden Powell bounced back. Um, another big difference over there is they don't have the gate handlers. So um, while Golden Powell has raced overseas before, you know, perhaps, you know, running in the U.S. Uh, with gate handlers of late, uh, just, I don't know, got him distracted. Um, so unfortunately, he didn't have a great finish, but uh, we'll see what uh, happens with the rest of the week with our U.S. horses. Right. And to be fair, the, the horses were loaded into the Jeep and they were in the Jeep for quite a while. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it was uh, several minutes. Um, <clears throat> of course, when you're loading, I don't know what it is, 20 horses takes a bit of time. But with the commotion and then the horse going down and uh, losing the rider and the scratch, they still hadn't finished loading everybody. So um, <clears throat> I I'd have to go back and watch longer tape again, but uh, it was a, a long amount of time. And I think that when they <clears throat> scratched the horse, I was expecting them to back out and reload. And, uh, you know, I've seen some commentary where he was sort of like looking back over his shoulder. So he wasn't looking forward and um, it'd be nice to watch his jockey cam. I've just seen, you know, a couple clips from it. Um, <clears throat> so just unfortunate, uh, again, a learning experience for him for sure. And, um, <clears throat> things are different over there. <laughs> um, but uh, even if he had broken, I, I don't think that anybody was beating the uh, old Aussie man. Um, Nature Strip just really put it to him. It was just an incredible race. He's, There's um, something about that name that kills me. <laughs> I know. I know. It's I feel like, like saying it wrong or <laughs> it just sounds wrong to say. And it's probably just is the horse from Great Britain or Australia, did you say? Mm -hmm. He's Australian. There was probably some Aussie that thought it was a funny joke and named a horse Nature Strip. <laughs> They're very liberal with their language down under, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot more probably gets by their <laughs> club name book than ours. <laughs> Have you shot um, any photos out there, out um, in Europe, personally? No, I haven't been yet. I was supposed to go to Leopardstown last year, um, but COVID, of course, was limiting travel. Um, and with the baby being so young, then uh, I didn't want to leave and then get stuck, you know, because it was time when they had opened up travel again. Uh, but then people were getting places. And then uh, with the airline restrictions at the time, it was like if you were exposed or tested positive, you had to stay there. And I just didn't want to gamble being stuck overseas um, away from the baby at the time. But um, <clears throat> Shamala Hanley is uh, one of the overseas uh, photographers, and she has some stunning photographs. And uh, she shoots for Eclipse Sportswire as well. And she covers Dubai and Saudi. Uh, and Ireland, and she is at Ascot uh, this year as well. Uh, so just uh, living vicariously through others' photos until I can get over there. But uh, yeah, that's on the bucket list for sure is either Ireland or Great Britain or both. <laughs> yeah, both would be cool. And, and do you have a, a race that you'd want to see? Would you want to go out for maybe Royal Ascot next, next year? Would you like to go any, any races that really are your favorites out there? Um, I think uh, later in the year, Corella and um, 
to Leopardstown. I think it's September when they run and the weather's a little bit better. Uh, right now it's so hot at um, Ascot, they're actually, you know, pardoning the formal wear for indoor areas so people can <laughs> relax a little bit because the uh, heat and humidity is so rough. Um, and as it has been here in the States with tracks having to suspend racing for the extreme heat. Um, so I think maybe some, I'd target some stakes races maybe in Ireland in September. No specific one. <laughs> Nancy, have you ever been out there? No, no, I have. Uh, it's on my bucket list, though, as along with going to every U.S. racetrack. So, someday, that list is someday. getting short. It's on my. I know, I know. I feel like I'm going to hit my goal because there's unfortunately they few, yeah, there's just fewer <laughs> tracks, and I'm like, okay, I'll hit this. Yeah, I'm like, this, this this is, so it's sad it's awful oh my gosh this, this is terrible but my mother and I were talking at Belmont and she said um she really liked Tampa Bay Downs but she said it's the easy bait oven of of horse racing tracks that she's ever been to and I oh. said what do you mean by that <laughs> <laughs> and she does it just didn't feel like a real track it felt like a an easy bait oven track <laughs> and she and she hasn't been to Hawthorne clearly because no we have not but it, it's funny because I, I I made a very similar comparison of my work and we were talking about the the language markdown and I said I feel like markdown is like the Pinocchio of uh coding languages you know it's like I want to be a real boy you know I want to be a real language and it's like it's not so <laughs> these are like the weird comparisons that infiltrate my mind so just when Nancy, whenever you get to Tampa Bay Downs, no, that's the easy bake oven track. All right, noted. <laughs> but, but yeah, very funny, very funny. What other races do we have to look forward to here? I definitely think that. Um, the um tomorrow with or with friday with pizza bianca will definitely be um really good to um see and um looking forward to that for sure yeah i think um <laughs> i think she's in top form and uh, i'm very excited to see one of our u.s horses <laughs> represent us well Yeah, for sure. I mean, Bobby Flay uh, definitely had a good call out after his, the last really great win. So um, it'll be really, really good to uh, to see. I'm real excited about it. Mary, what are your thoughts? Honestly, I haven't been following Royal Ascot that closely. I've, I've, uh, I obviously tuned in for Golden Pal, but we saw as we already said, how that ended. But um, I do like Pizza Biandra. I, uh, I want, uh, ran huge um, on Preakness Day. Preakness Day, yeah. So I'll be looking forward to that. There are certain things that I'd like to see, um, horses out there. And honestly, I'm just really bad at handicapping out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm bad at handicapping elsewhere. 
because I, I posted a pit three ticket for Thursday, the 16th of June um, at Belmont for the, the last three races. And each race um, either paid $40 to win or better. Oh, then don't ask me about my Royal Ascot bets this week. I won a whole $3.42. It's better than losing. I, I was like, yeah. I Well, I thought I was going to, usually I'll do a pick three. And I'm like, I'm going to go out of my comfort zone and do like an Exacta box and a Quinella. Like, I, I got this. And then I'm like, nope. I'll just stick to my pick threes or pick fives. So. Can someone explain to me Quinella again? Because I'm not quite sure I understand what the bet is. I think it's just a straight exacta. Um, so you're just picking one, two in the correct order. Um, the other one that's kind of interesting is Omni, which is where you're picking two horses. Uh, well, you can pick several, but um, the minimum bet is two horses and they have to come in for second or third and it doesn't matter the order so obviously the payout isn't as great but then you also don't have to be as specific with order of finish um and then with the overseas and international racing they only pay out win place it's um kind of a good deal because uh if the horse is to show they're still getting paid um from the place bet so um that's how they work the omni into that scenario <laughs> Um, it's too much math for me and, um, I'm <laughs> great at it, but, uh, yeah, I've been playing around with that this week, which I had not done before. And, uh, then I was also informed by, uh, the power that be on HRT that nobody does play show bets because that's just losing money. <laughs> you should just do straight win bets, uh, which I think is true for a lot of the American races, especially if there's a, a heavy favorite. Uh, the payouts are just affected um, too much. So you're not uh, getting a good return of uh, investment, <laughs> return on your investment. But for overseas, when they pay out one place, um, and of course with these bigger fields and the longer odds, I think it's it's still a good, um, a good wager. And I have a funny story. My very first bet was at Arlington last year. It was a win play show. I just stood five across because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I picked a gray horse. I'm like, oh, this is cute. Because of course, I'm like, what? A, I, I had no idea. It was just my first time. And I won. Like, I didn't even know what the price was at the time. Like, 150 bucks. This is not bad. So <laughs> once in a while, once in a while, you play a win play show bet that actually <laughs> goes well. I have not done that well since. Well, my one pizza Bianca last year at the Breeders' Cup, but it's once in a while when play show will pay off. <laughs> You're like, this is easy. What's so hard about this? <laughs> I was like, this is fun. Gambling is fun. And <laughs> on Saturday, I was placing my bets at the window for Belmont Stakes, and the guy behind me, he was new to the racetrack and, and was new to betting, of course, and he was like. I, I don't know what happened, but I ended up talking to him for a bit. And he was like, so if I tell the, the person, the mutual or mutual that I want, and I grabbed the wrong skirt. Um, if I want a, um, a win place show on golden glider, will they know? And I said, well, first you can say you just want whatever amount across the board and that encompasses them all. And um, you have to get the number. 
And he was like, oh, well, what are you betting? And I said something like, oh, I'm just going like all in on, on Mo Donegal, the six. And I said, oh, like an amateur bet. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, believe me, I think this horse is going to win. But that's okay. Oh. <laughs> the way he's, he was being nice. I think he was just joking. But the way he said it was just so unhinged. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell, dude? Oh. Well, then you guys have made fun of me when I went to my first trip down to Churchill. And Sarah, we can vouch Sarah from HRN, bless her. She dealt with me the entire day. Well, if we ever, when we get her on, she'll, she'll uh, probably tell you like everything was fun. But she dealt with me trying to be at the self-service betting machine. I was just a complete hot mess. I'm like trying to place my pick three bet, struggled so hard for, I think like half an hour. And I was like, okay, forget this. So I go to the teller and I told her the story and she's like, oh, you must be a, like a new better. And I'm like, no, I just struggle with really random things. So, but I found out later that it was a cash only. So that's probably why my card was just not, not happening. But I think those things are difficult to operate in general. I don't know like what they call them elsewhere, but, but they always in Saratoga, they call them silent fans. Oh, the little kiosk. Yeah. Yeah. Do it yourself. <laughs> like self-checkout. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone ever joins me on a track, poor Mary soon, uh, will see me probably struggle very hard at the kiosk because I'm determined to, to get my little, like my little keepsake souvenir as a ticket. At Churchill, I ended up just picking one off the floor. I'm like, okay, here's my souvenir. Well, I think it was um, Carson. You have the the shadow box of the American Pharaoh stuff, right? Oh yeah, um, from Belmont. Um, actually, my mom and I went to Belmont on 2018. Uh, I'm sorry, God, that was justified. Good God, yeah. I'm old. Um, 2015. Uh, wow. And. Uh, my mom and I went up and stayed in the city and took the Long Island Railroad out. So we have a shadow box from the poster um, from that year with a $5 win ticket and the um, ticket from the railroad because the railroad itself is an experience. Um, yes. The Someone should do a before and after. Of, you know, everybody's dressed to the nines on the way out there in the morning at 10 o'clock. And then on the way back, they're all just uh, haggard and either broke or have won a bunch of money and have celebrated uh, too much. <laughs> yes, definitely. But I mean, that ticket you, you have in there could have cashed, but honestly, it's not even worth worth it you know what I mean yeah I don't remember what uh his odds were is it like was he like two to five or something um I I really cannot remember uh but yeah it was we had bought the ticket specifically for the souvenir because he just knew he was going to do it um and then I have um I was there for all of Justify's triple crown wins so I have two dollar win ticket from each of those tracks is framed in another box um which wouldn't have paid more either. Um, so, you know, little things to collect dust in my house until <laughs> I need to find room for them somewhere else. 
but cool to have good stories. I'm looking up to see right now what he paid. Oh, his odds were higher than I thought. He paid three fifty to win. Yeah, I don't remember. But still, what were you gonna get? Seven dollars or yeah. thereabouts? Yeah, thereabouts. Just over eight dollars. Seven fifty. Yeah, not worth it. <laughs> I no. think that. And the funniest part of this is general admission. I think I paid $14.95 per ticket for that race. I bought, as soon as he won uh, Preakness, I was um, working a transport up in Baltimore. So I'm in the back of the ambulance and we dropped the patient off and I have the race streaming on my phone. And as soon as he crossed, I went online and bought my general admission Belmont tickets. So $30 for two tickets and uh priceless uh memories i guess <laughs> i bet you they they hiked the price up after you bought them is that true oh, or? yeah I, I didn't even go back and look but they capped attendance i think at ninety thousand that year um if i'm not mistaken because they had chrome the year before and he um they ran out of food they ran out of water they ran out of ice <laughs> so they ended up drastically limiting attendance for his triple crown bid. So they sold out very quickly. Which is crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I was showing someone the um, replays because I, I, I was looking at all the replays over the years, over the last couple of years of triple crown and, and Belmont stakes and um, watching like 2004 is like heartbreaking <laughs> and just listening to the way that they say it it's just like you have that anxiety in that last furlong and then you watch American Pharaoh's Belmont stakes and it, it just I think it makes people emotional even to watch today because of the, the way it's like American Pharaoh is finally the one I just can't imagine what that was like to see in person person um, yeah, I mean, I had been watching horse racing uh, since uh, winning colors won her derby. Um, so quite so many years. Um, and to, to be there with my mom was pretty special too. But um, I cried. Um, we had worked our way down on the apron and I have a video um, and then photos from where we were standing. Um, and it was just like the whole place was just shaking and just huge momentum and everybody screaming crying and happy and just you're just you got really nervous watching them come around and I thought I think that uh Frosted and Keen Ice had pressed him if I'm remembering the right year um gosh everything all runs together anymore don't get old um that's uh you know we were just like oh no is he gonna have enough is he gonna have enough and it was just you know everybody's still debating on whether the triple crown series should be rescheduled and spread out more um but he just made it look very easy um and then when he started pulling away it was just like relief and happiness and just unbelievable imagine i i always feel bad for tom durkin Ever since I heard um, his speech, one of the things that he said at the 2021 National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and is that he had announced at Belmont the year before in 2014 when it was California Chrome. And he said, I've been doing this enough. Like, 
I'm not going to announce that this following year in 2015 because I, I've already gotten to the points where you've had two potential or better triple crop winners and they haven't won. And the one year he doesn't do it, <laughs> um, American Pharaoh wins. And I, I was it Larry Colmas that called that race? Yeah, it was uh, Larry Colmas that year. And I can't remember how many consecutive years uh, Dirk had been calling those races, but um, anyway, he's a character in himself. <clears throat> if you ever get the experience for storytelling by Tom Durkin. <laughs> he has such a great voice. I mean, they all do, but his voice in particular to me is like so calming. My favorite uh, Tom Durkin story is I was up at Saratoga um and i don't even remember the name of the little um inn and restaurant that they have uh downtown there in the old town area it's very old english style pub and um he was at the bar and i just walked in and it was so dark really from coming out in the bright sun i couldn't see and then as soon as i heard his voice i'm like oh it's tom turkin and there is this huge obnoxious oil painting over the fireplace there and it's the depiction of the greek mythology story of Leda and the swan and the swan of course is zeus but he tells a very r-rated version of the, the painting and it's his voice and it's just hilarious um but what a character what some races he has seen and called yeah definitely I miss him on the Naira circuit, so. Definitely, definitely. Well, anything else going on with you ladies? Me? Any more? The only thing that, I'm oh, sorry, yeah, the only thing that really stood out to me over the weekend besides uh, Belmont was Cyberknife uh, at Churchill Downs that Sunday. Um, it was really interesting. I actually missed the race. I was planning on watching it and then I was cutting the grass or something. And then I, I totally missed it, but I, I watched the replay. Um, it was very interesting. I, it almost looked like Halloween time had it. And then even that official that official photo from Churchill, like nobody's nose was touching like the line. So it was very interesting, but um, I really love Cyberknife and I was watching it. So I've um, been watching that horse in general. So I was like, oh, well, yay, that Cyberknife won. I was very happy about it, but I don't know if it was actually true that, you know, that was a good win there, but. Yeah, it seems to be this year's um, Beholder versus Songbird finish photo, <laughs> but there were some very hot people debating the timing of the photo and the interpretation and the angles. So, yes. Oh, horse racing. Uh, well, I was uh, supposed to be at Belmont uh, this last go round um, and was to be with the Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners to support Nest uh, and ended up getting sick. So I had to cancel my trip, but I'll be going up um, hopefully for Coaching Club American Oaks and Alabama, they have um, aimed her 
to those uh, two stakes up at Saratoga this summer. So hopefully we'll be able to get out and uh, see some more live racing again soon. Yes. What about you, Mary? You're like right there by all the action. If I was, if I was you, I just live at the track. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh, it's not buzzing here yet, but it will be. Oh yeah, that was that was me last year at Arlington. I think at some point I was like, well, I just live here. <laughs> Are we looking at any other forward to any races this weekend in general or just sometimes what I like to do is just kind of see what's happening for the day and then go off of that. But Oh, my mic wasn't on. Jeez. Um, I typically, I mean, this weekend is a pretty slow weekend, I feel like, um, for me. So I'll probably look at races, you know, as they come, see where the morning lines are and, and how the odds stand up against them, current or live odds stand up against them. But um, nothing crazy, nothing crazy going on. Yeah, it's going to all have a show weekend and in racing world, so it's, that's not a bad thing, right? Exactly. Um, right, yeah. yeah. But, well, it's been great chatting with you ladies. Yes, you as well, and thank you to everyone for listening. Be sure to tune in every Thursday where um, we cover all things racing. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.